0: Hi, and welcome to the Cabin Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag, and with me today is Battalion Chief and Wildland Coordinator, Todd Abel. Well, thank you for having me. Todd, welcome. Thank you. So, uh, we are I'd say we're moving into wildland season, but I think you and I have talked about it before. Wildland season is really mm-hmm. year-round.
1: Yes, I a- would agree.
0: Anymore, but we're moving into what would be considered the heavier activity of our wildland annual season. Yes,
1: it's already started.
0: It it has. It's We've seen started. it, but i I think for the for the public especially, and maybe for some of our newer folks, I'd like to talk about what what is the wildland division. what What do you do? What resources do you have? Uh, kind of how do you respond to things, and and how do we partner with other agencies like Prescott National Forest in our area and um, the DFFM Division of Forestry and Fire Management with the state. And, you know, we have the Basin Obstacle coming up. There's just lots of stuff. So yes, I would love
1: to start with, with the with basics. You. Okay. So um, <laughs> first of all, start with uh, Kafma. We have a very robust wildland program, as you well know. Yep. Um, we uh, send engines out. We send type 6 engines, which is an engine that looks like a pickup truck with about 350 gallons of water on okay. it and all the hose you need. We also have type 3 engines, which is a little bit bigger engine. Um, it is uh, about 500 gallons of water with a bunch of extra equipment on it also. Right. We have water tenders. We have what we call our type 1 engines, which are the big engines folks see running down the road right. every day. Um, and we use them for wildland fire too. A mm-hmm. lot of times we use those. For structure protection, I'll get into that here in a little bit. Okay. Um, but so that's the equipment you have. The personnel that we have are all trained. Um, every one of the firefighters with KAFMA are at least a firefighter type two. Okay. Which is kind of that basic entry level, but there's you know a lot of training that goes with that. A lot of experience that you have to have right. to be that. And then you can progress through the ranks. So we do have employees here that um, are division supervisors, which is up there higher in the uh, command chain. Right. Um, okay. I, myself, I'm a type one operations section chief on one of the type one teams here in the region, which is Arizona and New Mexico. Okay. Um, so we have people that have been doing it a long time that have those qualifications. So
0: in that Southwest team – one number two, number two
1: team, team two. number two. Yep, okay, correct. So there is two type one teams, uh, in the region currently. That's um, being revamped okay. uh, for next year, but that's a conversation for a later time. Uh, that'll take a little while. So, right. But currently this year we'll have what we call type one teams and type
0: two teams. Okay, and then the team that you're on isn't necessarily made up of all Arizona people. No, no, it's uh, up actually from
1: all over the country, but most of them are from either Arizona or New Mexico, and that's the region we work in. Okay. Um, and that team will travel all over the country in the summer, but right. uh, we'll get into that a little bit more here, I'm sure. But um, yeah, so it's... Uh, federal team, but it's an interagency team. So okay. you have everything from local government, which that's what I am. I'm a local government person. Um, and then you have uh, BLM, BIA, Forest Service. You got all the right. agencies BLM from- is Bureau of Land Management, yes, correct? Correct. And BIA is our um our uh, Native American partners. Okay. So and they're
0: they're part of these teams also. Got it. So. Uh- when I was at the governor's briefing last week with uh, our national force partners and our Bureau of Land Management partners and our, our DFFM partners here in the state, um, they talked about Arizona is typically the state that kicks off the wildland season, so to speak, where you have more resources that have to respond. And basically, we're at a point where it's more resource intensive as the season progresses. And so um, – it's it's the southwest, I guess, New Mexico and Arizona it's, that that typically kick that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That is
1: true. So mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the way where we sit on the equator, the the dryness, the heat, it usually starts here. So we're usually Arizona, New Mexico, region mm-hmm. three, um, usually kicks off the fire season. And currently we already have – that's already started. Um, right. Down on the southern border, uh, down in that area, they've had multiple fires, you know, two, three, 400-acre type fires down there. So the season's already started. So even with the moisture we've had – um we we're still gonna have a fire season for right sure
0: well and and we saw that recently we had a snowfall and then we had as soon as the snow melted we had two grass fires and then we had another snowfall as soon as that melted we had a couple of grass fires and i know we were going to talk about this later but i'd like to hit it now because you talked about the dryness um and this year it it's been fairly wet. We've had record snowfall in, mm-hmm. in the north and Flagstaff. We've had a lot of moisture and flooding here. Um, and yet we're still having fires. And so one of the questions the governor asked us was, do you think that people are going to be a little less mindful of being careful because of all the moisture we have, believing that um, because of the moisture, we're not going to have uh, that significant of a danger from wildfire? So my answer
1: to that is I'll give you an example. So 2010, we had about the same amount of uh, rainfall and moisture. And mm-hmm. when I say moisture, I mean snow and rainfall. Right. Um, and that year we had the Cave Creek complex that ran hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres. Um, it started down kind of, uh, closer to the Mesa area and ended okay. up, uh, almost to Black Canyon City. Wow. Yeah. So it made a very significant run. Uh, it, the fire was zoned. And what that means, they brought in two type one teams to manage that fire because it was so large right. and so, um, aggressive. Um, and also that same year, there was probably, I think, eight foot of snow on the peaks. Okay. And we had the Schultz fire on the peaks, which, you know, I think most of us were probably familiar with that. It pretty much wiped out the, the east side of the, the San Francisco peaks. So wow. that, Yeah. So my point with that is, is that w- yes, there's a lot of moisture, but we still need people to be very, very careful. Right. Um, our human starts are what's happening now. There's no lightning going on. No. There's nothing like that. That's not going to happen until. Maybe June, maybe into July. Right, um, so, with monsoons. Yep, yeah, exactly. So with the current situation, the fires we've already started are human mm-hmm. cause. So we need people to
0: be very careful out there, even though we've had all this moisture. And, you know, uh, coming from Missouri, um, I look at this and, and we've had some – uh, grass fires, wildland fires out on Fainland, not far from the old Yavapai County uh, fairgrounds mm-hmm. um, during a rainstorm because of a lightning strike. Correct. So just because it's raining doesn't mean things won't light on fire. Just because the ground's wet doesn't mean that the fine fuels aren't dry, the tall grasses. And with the moisture, we're seeing a bumper crop of fine fuels. Yes, it, and that, especially in our area, that's mm-hmm. our number one
1: threat. That's our biggest right. fire carrier is that fine fuels. Right, um, and they're they're plenty this year with all the moisture we've got. There still could be a little bit of a green-up coming, mm-hmm. which you know I'm hoping for. Give us a little bit of a break, but I'm right. not sure that that's going to happen. Even if that green-up happens, still a lot of times that uh, fine fuel will be brown on top and green on the bottom, so it'll still carry fire. Right. So
0: When I drove up uh, through Sunset Point, which is an area that catches on fire every single year, yep, um, and it was very green and lower grasses – But I know what's going to happen. Those grasses are going to grow through the spring. Mm -hmm. And getting into June, they're going to be just dry. They're going to be brown. And when I look around my house and out back where I live, out Coyote Springs, I see all of the dry fuels. And um, I just want to point out that being from St. Louis when I first moved here, I couldn't tell you what a fine fuel was. (laughs) Uh, It's grass or whatever that stuff is that, you know, you call grass, but it's not. Because I'm from Missouri. I know what grass is.
1: That's good. Well, think about this. You've been uh, heavily educated in wildland
0: fire since you've been here. You know, I have. And I mean, part of that's good because I'm getting the knowledge. I I have a better understanding of things. But really, my, my knowledge is very limited because as the fire chief, my job, if there's a fire in this area and you're on it as part of the type one team, is to make sure that you have coffee. Uh, that you're well fed. I appreciate that. Um, uh, that I'm trying to keep politicians out of your command center really so you can do your job. That. You know, those types of things. I'm more of a support role, but you know, that brings me to the training side of it. And, and I'd like to go into some of the training, but I also want to point out because we've had some questions. Why do your crews go off district, so to speak, which means outside CAFMA's area, uh, other places in Arizona or other States, um, to help, to assist. Gotcha. So a good question. So the program was designed
1: years and years Mm -hmm. ago, even before I was hired here, and I've been here for 25, six years now. Um, The program was designed for us to go get the training we needed Mm -hmm. and bring it back to here to serve our public. Um, It's been a very successful program. We talked earlier in the conversation about how we have folks that are division supervisors. Mm -hmm. We have folks that have uh, worked through the ranks um, and went out and got the knowledge and the skills uh, to bring back to the organization here. Where it's paid off tremendously is I know most folks have probably mm-hmm. heard. We've had some large fires in the Prescott area. Yes. Uh Crooks fire last year. We've had the Dosey fire. We've had the Yarnell fire. We've had the Goodwin fire. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of fires recently in this area and the interagency cooperation in what I call the Prescott basin, which is Prescott, Prescott Valley, right. Mayer, Williamson Valley, you know, the Prescott basin um is unbelievable. The, the, We all know each other. Mm -hmm. We train together. We work together. And when I say all of us, I'm talking CAFMA, Prescott, all the local government, all the fire departments. Um, We're talking Department of Forestry and Fire Management, which is our state organization. And then obviously our uh, Forest Service partners. Um, we work well with them. Yeah. We've been doing this for a long time together, which I think is a model that is carried across the, the United States. People call me all the time asking mm-hmm. how we got to where we got. Um, and I try to give them direction on to build something that we have here. Right. We can put a type one team together, which is the highest complexity team within folks in the Prescott Basin. Mm-hmm. That's how much we work
0: together and we've trained and we have those qualifications. Well, and that that pays off for our residents, the, yes. the ability to have the resources that we have in place today when something like the Goodwin Fire kicks off or the Viewpoint Fire, mm-hmm. for example. Um, we had personnel fully trained at, at different division levels um, on scene immediately that set up a structured command, knew how to deploy resources, knew what resources to call. And I have to say that that's probably one of the smoothest incidents I've seen run um, from start to finish because of those relationships that you've built. And And I would hazard a guess just in looking around talking to other fire chiefs that the model that's been created in the Prescott Basin um, is one of the – has the strongest relationship among the partners of – anyone else in the Western United States.
1: I would agree. And once again, remember mm-hmm. I travel all over this country. I've fought in fire in Florida <laughs> to state Alaska. Of Washington, Alaska, Minnesota, all the Western States. Mm-hmm. And when I have these conversations with people, they're, they're amazed. I mean, right. when I tell them we have four service engines housed in our fire stations, mm-hmm. they're, they're impressed and they, they want to figure out how to make that happen where right. they live. So,
0: Well, and it, it, one of the, the things that I find so great about the relationship is that um, even on structure fires during times where we, we have red flag warnings, so we have high winds, dry grasses, um, Prescott National Forest is listening to our frequencies. DFFM is listening to our frequencies. And I remember a fire out Cody Springs, winds were gusting up to 30, 40 miles an hour. So we, we had a structure fire, uh, embers were blowing. And next thing I know, along with the red trucks pulling up, here come the green trucks, yep. the green trucks of Prescott National Forest. They heard the call and they're like, we're, we're going to come out and we're going to deal with the wildland urban interface issues so you can focus on structure. Where else in the country does that happen?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure it does, right? I, I don't think it does, and it, and and you're right about them listening to our frequencies, mm-hmm. and it's vice versa. We'll right. listen to theirs and know that you know, hey, we're probably going to need to go help them at least get the initial attack started on that right. wildland fire. So having that as a battalion chief, a mm-hmm. shift battalion chief, knowing if I'm going to a structure fire in those outlying areas where we have heavy winds, mm-hmm. we know we've got fuel vegetation that could catch on fire. Knowing that those guys are coming takes that off my plate. It's it's yep. amazing. It's a good thing.
0: I was I was super impressed to see them out there in that incident. Um, there there is something else that we have in this area that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, because it started here. It's probably one of the best training programs in the country, and that's the uh, Arizona Wildland Incident Management Academy.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we are on our 21st year with that. Okay. Um I was there the first year it started. Um I was actually an instructor there, uh running uh doing the sock classes, teaching mm-hmm. sock classes. The next year I uh got, got on the incident management team and then um I've been there ever since. Um currently I was the IC for the last 6 years. I've passed that on and now I'm back to teaching, which is a lot of fun. But yes, that course is designed to get Uh, A bunch of classes, everything Mm -hmm. from beginning classes to advanced classes in a a week's time where people can come and take one, two, possibly three courses in a week Mm -hmm. um, to get their education. And we've got people that come from all over the country. We actually have an instructor
0: that comes from Australia every year to help teach. Which is amazing. And when I have the chance to stop by and kind of tour uh, each year – I miss this year, but um, each year I stop by and tour and I I see the map – In the lobby at Mm Embry-Riddle because the the program's grown from somebody's living room to Embry-Riddle University working with us. Uh, And there's a map where you have where everybody's come from, right? Could be New York, could be Australia, and it's all marked up there. And it is so cool to see everyone come together because when we look at the Western United States, you look at the wildfires in Australia, um, that sharing of information is vital oh yeah and and in some cases i think some of the sharing of information on the wildland side moves more quickly than it does on the structure side in in some cases in some incidents where there's been um you know uh, unfortunate outcomes on a wildland fire some of that moves a little bit more slowly than we'd like to see but you know learning lessons but as far as mitigation and response it, it it's pretty amazing to see what happens. And I'd like to point out the Goodwin fire for a second because one of the challenges we talked about with the governor is that uh, last year, for example, there was a reduction in the overall number of of wildland starts Mm -hmm. in the state of Arizona, but there was about a 50% reduction in available resources from local fire departments, fire districts, in their ability to respond. 50% reduction. So I'm going to put on my type one operations
1: section Mm -hmm. chief hat for a second and that is extremely hard on us out there as a team trying yes. to manage a large incident. Um, I think what's I know what's happening is just the staffing levels. Yep. We have to we have to staff our f- engines and uh, our at, here at CAFMA to run our nine one one calls. Right. So what that does is that takes away our ability to send resources to other places to help. Right. Because um, this is our number one priority. I absolutely. absolutely understand that. Um, but. Um, what that does from a national level is it puts a huge strain on getting the amount of resources and mm-hmm. the correct resources that we need to mitigate those fires. Um, Calf Canyon, um, Hermit's Peak Fire over in New Mexico last mm-hmm. year, it was large, large fire went on for months and months and months. Um, trying to get the resources we needed was almost impossible. Right.
0: Well, and and that's what we talked to the governor about because from a fire district perspective, it's a funding issue, Mm -hmm. right? We're having difficulty staffing our 911 engines for local response because funding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're just seeing a change in the culture of, you know, people wanting to work and people not wanting to work. Um, So it, it becomes more difficult to get those resources. But when you're a fire district, there's one source of funding and that's it. So we need to add people, but there's only one way for us to generate the the additional revenue needed, and that's an increase in property tax rates. Um, But what we pointed out to the governor was, listen, Arizona doesn't have its own state fire department. California does. They have Cal Fire. Mm -hmm. If you're not covered by a municipal agency or a fire district, you're covered by the state. There's – they're everywhere. Huge organization. In Arizona, it's the local fire districts and fire departments that serve as the state's fire department. So when there's a wildland incident, we are asked to respond and to assist. Now, some say, well, just don't go, focus on our area. Somebody's sending people into us. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we return that favor? I mean, at, at what point do the other states or other organizations say, well, that's a Kafma. It's fire around Kafma, Prescott area. Doesn't really impact us, so we're not going.
1: Well, if unfortunately, if everybody had that attitude, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so this you as the leader of this organization, as the fire chief, have supported it. Other fire chiefs have also supported yes. that. So, I, if we lose sight of that, I think we're, we would start a whole another issue that we probably don't want to deal with because we do ask for people to come help us when we Mm
0: -hmm. need it and we return that favor to go help them when they need it and i think that's just
1: good partnership
0: oh it absolutely is and on the goodwin fire i remember one of our retired captains dean stewart was structure protection came to me and said hey chief we don't have the resources we need if this fire hits this trigger point blue hills is in danger could you would you stand up engines, which we did at the expense of the district. There's no reimbursement for that, but we put up eight engines for two days once the fire hit the trigger point. And so resources are vitally important in these fires. Um, Just real quick to close out for this week, a couple of safety tips. I always like to tell people, keep your butts in your car. There you go. And and that's for those (laughs) who smoke, don't throw it out the window. Keep your chains up and be careful with your campfires absolutely and the only thing i would add to that
1: is this um april may Mm -hmm. extremely windy always is be
0: extra careful absolutely well todd thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it we're gonna have you back to talk more about the wildland season another time with that thank you all please don't forget to like and subscribe be good until next week thank you chief yep thanks todd